Hello, everyone. Welcome to VLGA Connect. It's the weekly newsroom feature with Catherine Arndt, the CEO of the VLGA. And I've got to say, Catherine, I'm loving that bright look you're oh. wearing this week. Hello. <laughs> Hi there, Chris. Thank you. This was just an old jacket I found in the back of my closet and I thought I'd, I'd get it out. Um, I, I was just reflecting. I think I've actually had it um, since about 2003. So there you go. I thought you were literally going to do that, oh, this old thing line. <laughs> <laughs> but it's very nice. It suits you. I like the colour. But uh, um, we're not here to do fashion um, <laughs> critiques. Well, we could, but <laughs> that's not on news today. <laughs> I think before we get into, into it, I, yeah. I do um, just have to make an announcement, and that is that Councillor Denise Massoud, who is a a board member of the VLGA and a councillor at Whitehorse, a long-term councillor there, was elected as the VLGA's new president last Excellent. Thursday. So congratulations to Denise. And we look very much forward to her leadership in that role. And I think we might have her on the program, Chris, to talk to you about her visions for the VLGA and the work that we do. Would love to speak to her about that. We'll look forward to that. Well done, uh, Denise. Um, yes, I think you had all of your uh, positions up for election, did you not, at your latest oh, board look, meeting? You've got know. some continuity in other office we, bearers. We have. I, I'd be neglect if I didn't mention that Louise Hill was uh, re-elected as the board's vice president and also Andrew Sloman was elected as treasurer. So um, congratulations to all of those uh, office bearers. And I must say that the board has a very strong um, strategic vision for the organisation and, you know, continuing to support the work that we do um, in supporting the local government sector. Good to hear. And I will look forward to speaking with uh, Denise on the program. So, Catherine, uh, look, another week, another extension to the lockdown, regional Vic back in the fold with uh, Melbourne in, in that sense. Um, I guess the narrative seems to have changed a bit, doesn't it, in the last week or so? We're starting to really hear a lot of talk about, you know, what the other side of this looks like and and when it might arrive. Certainly we are, Chris. It's um, something that, you know, surely isn't sustainable for so many different reasons into the future. Um, I did note that the state government uh, in Victoria today announced the extension of the vaccination rollout to, um, I think it was... Um, all um, people over the age of 16 um, are now eligible to be vaccinated and have access to that, which is, of course, welcome news given the number of children and young people that we see currently being infected with the Delta strain of the virus. At a federal level, I think we saw some um, financial assistance support um, released today for childcare centres. Uh, we know that uh, of course, as many industries have been impacted, that that childcare centres have certainly borne the brunt of of you know COVID and 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 just the important role that those centres play not only for children um, but also to support those essential workers and and um, people out there in the workforce who need to somehow continue working you know through this this period of time. Of course, there are different operating models for childcare centres, and I haven't looked into the detail of this yet, but I do wonder whether council-operated 
childcare facilities will be eligible for this support. Have you heard anything about that? Kelly? I haven't, Chris. I, I must say I haven't read the full detail of, of the announcement, but we might include that link with with this um, episode and also do a little bit more research into that. All right. So uh, keep a watching brief on that. Um, we have uh, on VLGA Connect some really interesting conversations coming up, uh, Catherine, about the broader uh, sector context. Um, I know that uh, David Morris, the Shadow Minister for Local Government, has agreed to come on the program. You're going to join me for that conversation. Terrific. Looking forward to that. It's very important that we engage with all, all um, stakeholders as a peak body for local government, supporting governance, in particular in the, in the local government sector. Many of our viewers might be aware that, that David is the Shadow Minister for Local Government and has also been a former Mayor and Councillor um, he's had the portfolio a number of different times throughout his political career in, in state parliament, but um, be really good to get David's, I guess, observations of the sector. And he's now been in the portfolio for a few months and been talking to a few councils and to hear, I guess, the feedback that he's receiving. And Catherine, one of the things that I'm finding really useful with the VLGA Connect platform is to explore some of these issues that might not be direct local government issues, but have some sort of influence or impact, such as the new child standards that are coming in next year. And I've recorded a conversation with the Commissioner for Aboriginal Children and Young People about those, and the, particularly the new cultural safety requirements. A lot of community groups perhaps don't realise yet they're going to have to be incorporating that into their training. Yeah, look, you, you're exactly right. There was um, an announcement about those new standards which come into effect from the 1st of July 2022 or probably um, a couple of months ago now by the state government, but there are implications for uh, community groups. Um, so the VLGA, of course, supports the local government child-friendly cities network and we've had their convener on the program before and we've also had um, the Commissioner for Young for children and young people, Liana Buchanan on the program, there might be an opportunity to, to invite Justin and Liana together with the convener of the Child Friendly Cities Network to talk about, you know, if there are any implications in particular with these new child um, safety standards for local government, but also, as you said, um, you know, have a conversation for those other stakeholders, such as community groups who may actually not be across these issues um, and, you know, whether or not there is a potential role for local government to offer some support or at least through the VLGA Connect platform offer the information to these groups that provide such important services in local communities. That's a great idea. So uh, look out for that one. These, uh, these panels give us an opportunity to go so much more in depth, of course. And I'm thinking back to last week with the global panel on building community wealth. I've noticed a lot of people uh, taking the advantage of watching that back, which is great to see. Yes, look, we had over 140 people registered for that global panel. And what a stellar lineup of, of speakers that we had. It was, I think it was, is well, it just flew really. And I think that in terms of the time, and I think that that's an indication of the quality and of the conversation and also the interest that the audience uh, had demonstrated through the number of questions that were being asked. Um, you know, to have uh, Craig Hatton there from Ayrshire Shire Council in the uh, in Scotland 
talk about how far they've come on their journey of implementing uh, community wealth building and, you know, why they went on that journey and, um, you know, about making things essentially fair and stronger within their municipality. We heard from Monica Barone, who's the CEO of the City of Sydney. Now, they've just commenced their journey along this path, but the, the amount of passion and, uh, I guess, thought that clearly Monica has put into this uh, was really highlighted um, through her presentation. And um, I, I did like how she related the economic um, argument, you know, the financial argument, why it was mm. financially and economically, as well as a fair and um, um, strategy to implement um, would benefit the um, municipality of Sydney. And also it's um, touch points on the, on the planning system. So I think there's another um, live panel conversation in that we had the local jobs first commissioner or acting commissioner on the program a little while ago. And I think it might be nice to actually incorporate, um, you know, the, that commission's work with this community wealth building strategy. And we could invite Pat Fensham from SGS Economics and Planning, who was also on our panel last week and has really done a lot of thinking and research into this and, and, and target um, the conversation for planners, social planners, for economic development uh, and anyone else who's interested. But there was certainly um, a few people in the audience who, who were going away to talk to their council about it. You've got all the ideas today. That's another fabulous idea, Catherine. Look forward to seeing that one take shape. What about our global panels, though? The, uh, the relationship between the VLGA and the LGIU has uh, delivered a couple of terrific sessions so far. What's next? Well, a hot topic. It's a hot topic globally, and, and hence it's it's ideal for a global panel, and that's the issue of housing. Mm. Um, you know, there are many things happening in Victoria and within Australia in regard to housing, and certainly that's an issue um, for our colleagues over there in the UK. You're right, it is a hot topic. I've reported on a number of councils on the local government news roundup just in recent months declaring um, housing affordability crises. In some cases, it's about... Um, you know, being able to accommodate workers that are needed uh, at particular times of the year. And I noticed that these, the House of Representatives Standing Committee on Tax and Revenue is opening an inquiry into housing affordability and supply in Australia. And I would expect most local governments around the country would be interested in having something to say at that inquiry. Indeed. And so we'll include a link to that uh, with the program so people can have a look at how they might make submissions to that inquiry. Uh, and of course, Victoria recently announced a social housing initiative, um, which I believe is getting a lot of talk uh, or is being talked about out there in the sector. Um, so I think we'll think long and hard, um, but we probably don't have to look too far to get some speakers for that panel. No, um, what I have noticed is uh, alliances springing up, alliances of councils trying to work together on uh, not just the housing problem, but the homelessness problem uh, more specifically as well. And with the big housing build that's rolling out, 
uh, you know, there are some that are taking advantage of that straight up. Others are saying they're missing out or being left behind. So, you know, there's no perfect one size fits all solution for these problems, is there? Look, there's not. Um, it's they're complex issues, and I think that's why we do need to to talk about talk about them. The benefit of the partnership um, that you highlight, highlighted that we have with LGIU is that we have the benefit of of you know sharing the thinking from other jurisdictions into the conversation and and you know often we we you know the benefit of that is that we can learn um from others who've already gone perhaps further down the path than we have uh the other big big bit of news I mean, there's lots of news around we can't get to it all i don't think today uh, but the other big bit of news is the release of the new 30-year strategy from infrastructure victoria late last week I imagine most, if not all, councils are busily uh, really scrutinising that to see what it means for them potentially. And I think there's a few big ticket surprises in there. Yeah, look, there are. I think there are over 94 recommendations. Um, the CEO of Infrastructure Victoria, Michelle Mason, who we've had on the program before, did mm -hmm. write to me um, the other day, um, you know, summarising um, the report. Uh, I think we might have Michelle back on the program to talk to you, Chris, about what those recommendations mean for local government. There was a focus, or at least around a quarter of the recommendations, focus on developing regional Victoria, a lot of top regional infrastructure priorities um, from the Mallee to Gippsland areas to help reduce disadvantage, build on economic strengths and address environmental risks. So as we know, we did, when we spoke to Michelle, um, uh, I think it was last year now, that the priorities in this particular strategy would be on improving digital um, connectivity, long-term road um, and rail maintenance funding, and um, you know, upgrading power infrastructure for agricultural and regional industries. But it was also, there was a strong focus and the themes of this was really around um, energy, water, environment and, and health and community services and justice. So there were some key themes that um, those 94 recommendations seek to address. So that would be great to try and unpack that a little with uh, Michelle if, uh, if he comes on the program in the not too distant future. Catherine, there's been a lot to get through there. And before I let you go, I do want to uh, give you an opportunity to talk about the Fast Track Part 2 Leadership Program for Mayors and Councillors. I know this is frustrating, uh, folks. It's had to be pushed back again because of restrictions. We've got fingers crossed for Friday the 1st of October at this That's stage. That's correct, yes. So um, I think information will be going out very shortly about the, the detailed program for that event. Um, but registrations are open on the website for the 1st of October Fingers crossed that we will be holding that in person at the RACV Club. We have the uh, Minister for Local Government, Sean Lean, uh, making himself available, as he did earlier in the year, to um, answer questions from the floor and share his, I guess, priorities for the sector. It'd be really interesting to hear from the Minister on the Cultural Review Initiative that is about to be, I think, formally um, announced um, it's impending, I think, a media release in regard to that, that will identify the consultants and academics who've been engaged to lead that particular piece Good. of work, predominantly focusing on behaviours and that issue that we've talked about before, and that is the relationship um, between councillors and council officers, also the relationships between councillors um, themselves as a group, which leads me 
probably into the next um, important live panel session that we'll have, and that is um, the role of mayor. Councils will be starting to think about mayoral elections, and as we did last year leading into that time, um, you know, I think bringing a panel together of former mayors and also others to comment about, you know, the attributes of a mayor, what is the role of a mayor, and now that councillors are you know, into their first term of council, almost at the end of that first term, perhaps some of those those conversations will resonate uh, even more. And there are some new um, elements of the Local Government Act that have now been in place for some time, particularly in relation to the role of the mayor, that it might be interesting to get some insights into how that's working out as well. Mm, indeed. Panel. Great idea. All right. Thank you, Catherine. Uh, that's probably all we have time for this week on the newsroom. Thank you, um, as always. Um, stay safe in lockdown and we'll see you soon. See you soon, Chris. Thank you. Catherine Ard is the CEO of the VLGA. That's our newsroom feature for this week from VLGA Connect. Mm -hmm.